welcome back to the True North Racing Podcast, you guys. This is your host, John Morrison. This week on the show, we have Dylan Davidson joining us. Dylan was a 602 Sportsman Modified Driver, moving up to the 358 for 2021. We talk about uh, how he got started in racing, uh, jumping up between the divisions, what made him move up, and uh, he took some time and answered our fan questions. Also, guys, right after a word from our presenting sponsor here, we are going to jump into a quick little uh, breaking news segment. So, uh, guys, as always, uh, sit back, relax, and let's go racing. All right, everyone, just before we jump into this week's episode, I want to talk to you about our presenting sponsor, Jumbo Media Promotions. Jumbo Media provides race-ready promotions to bring you and your team to the next level. We provide weekly updates as well, providing off-season, mid-season, and a year write-ups for your team. On top of the write-ups, we have photo and video opportunities as well. For more information, contact us at jomopromos at gmail.com. That's J-O-M-O-Promos at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and follow us at Jomo Media. All right, guys, just before we jump into this week's episode, I said we had some breaking news at the top of the program. We have a brand new show coming to Jomo Media Promotions. Uh, it'll be produced, directed uh, by myself, and uh, it's called The Driver's Seat with Keelan and Michael. This uh, this is a new show we worked on. Um, it was actually quite a little bit of fun uh, talking about it. It all came together uh, last week, actually. A uh, buddy of mine, Michael Kenny, uh, who previous guest here on the show, he reached out to me and talked about doing a multiple-person one and uh, episode, I guess, uh, to start off with. And uh, we had ended up coming into snowballed really quick to the point where by Thursday we had a uh, I think it was by Thursday we had a Thursday Friday there Thursday we had a uh, logo ready we uh, uh, I worked on the first episode worked on the trailer episode Um, those will be dropping here in the next few weeks Uh, we are gonna so what we're gonna do with the true north racing podcast is we're actually gonna move it from a Wednesday drop date to a Tuesday drop date so make sure you guys stay tuned to that when it does happen. I will let you know the week prior. Um, but yeah, we're looking to move our show from Wednesday to Tuesdays. And then, uh, so Tuesday morning, you will be getting the episode instead of Wednesday morning. And then Wednesday morning, you guys will get a look at um, the driver's seat here with Caitlin and Michael. Um, I'm looking forward to see how well this goes. Guys, this is a new show for us. Uh, gonna see how well it rotates us around here. Um, wouldn't mind uh, see how well I can do with adding a couple more shows to our repertoire here out of the Joe Media brand. Um, yeah, it's gonna be fun. They're gonna talk about pure stock racing in Ontario, uh, mini stock racing in Ontario. Um, we're gonna talk to um, different drivers from time to time. Um, have some fun, you know. Um, there seems to be some good uh, chemistry between the three of us right now that uh, that'll work good on a show. Um, I'm looking forward to this, guys. It's a new opportunity for me. It's getting. I'm gonna get to try something. I, I as as I I produce and I direct this show, and uh, it's all on on my own time. And now it's kind of doing another one. It's gonna be interesting because you won't hear me too, too much as you do here. Um, I'm gonna be more of a background guy. I'll chime in every now and then. 
Other than that, I'm going to be silent and uh, let our two hosts uh, run the show. If uh, they get out of hand, you know I'm going to step in with the iron fist and yeah, it's it's it should be fun. Um, so that's that's fun. Uh, we got that going. Um, we have uh, also some exciting news. I'm uh, we're working together with looks like about five or six teams this year so far for Jomo Media. Um, it is going to be fun. I have uh, Ohana Acres Racing returning. Can't thank them enough uh, for for supporting Joe Media Promotions. Uh, I got Jared Morphy on this year. I have Chris Pendleberry I'm working with. Uh, Cameron Thompson Racing, CT Racing. Um, oh, Jeff LaFlem of JNL Motorsports and Jonathan Vey of Vey Motorsports. Um, and as always, my best, you know, one of my best friends. I'm going to be working with him no matter how much racing he gets into this year. Uh, the driver, the number 20 micro sprint out of, uh, friends with Texas. I'm, I will be working with Logan Dillon as long as I know what, uh, what hit, what his, uh, what, what, what's looking to be his deal for this year. Um, guys, it is awesome to get to work with each and every one of them. Uh, looking forward to an exciting year. Hopefully the, uh, there's not too many restrictions where I'm not going to be able to make it there or whatnot. Um, yeah, hopefully get out, get some, take some good pictures, get some good video content, and uh, bring you guys some more stuff that'll have uh, that'll be a lot more fun for this channel. Um, so yeah, guys, we're gonna jump into our episode here. Uh, we want to thank D- Dylan Davidson for jumping on with us this week. It was fun chatting with him and get to know him a little bit more. Um, so guys, let's let's jump right in. Here's our interview with Dylan Davidson. All right, guys. This week on the True North Racing Podcast, we have with me Dylan Davidson. David, Dil, or sorry, Dylan. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing not too bad, thank you. Uh, how was your weekend? That's pretty good. We got some uh, news back from our engine builder. Uh, should have the engine this week. Going to drop it in the car. Get all ready to go racing. Nice. How uh, how close are you to getting your car ready for 2021? Uh, it's pretty much all set up now. Just got to drop the engine in it, finalize some uh, numbers on the scaling, and uh, we'll be all set to get out there. Nice. How did uh, how did your 2020 season go, or did you get out? Uh, I didn't actually get out on the 2020 season. Um, I had an incident playing hockey uh, last March, which led to an injury that disallowed me from racing. I got out for one race driving for one of my buddies, and uh, that was it for the season. So we're going to come back strong this season and uh, try to get as many races in as possible. Nice. So uh, before we get going through here, uh, what kind of car is it that you drive and what class do you drive in? So I drive a 358 modified um, that's on dirt circuit, Maryville and Humberstone predominantly. Uh, started off in the Sportsman's, uh, well, actually in the Mod Lights, but went to Sportsman. So I, I've been driving the Northeastern style uh, cars, a Bicknell uh, modified for okay. quite a bit now. Nice. And uh, how long have you been driving those for? Uh, I started in 2015, I believe it was. It was a year after my, my grandfather passed away, and I uh, ended up inheriting his car. So that's when I jumped into the uh, Sportsman first, and then we've been running that for about five years, uh, six years now, and going to the Modifieds now. Nice. What made you uh, decide to uh, jump up to the, the 358s this year? Um, we, we had a lot of development. Um, in the sportsman's and we, we got to the point that we were a weekly contender 
and uh, we're fast and consistent. So we thought it was uh, the right time to make the step up that by no means that I master it, but uh, we're going to see if we can, you know, extend our knowledge uh, in the, the field of uh, racing with the three P8s this year. Nice. So uh, we're going to, that sounds like you're going to be in, uh, in for a good year then, I guess, for a lot of learning then, eh? Yeah, it's definitely going to be a learning year. Um, it's going to be a lot of learning curves, that's for sure. Uh, a lot more horsepower in these cars, so we're, it's going to be definitely a big year for learning, and it's going to improve myself as a driver as well. Oh, for sure. Um, so we're going to jump back a little bit here and uh, tell us how you got into uh, stock car racing. So uh, I started actually in 2005 in the go-karts when my family had bought uh, Humberstone Speedway. So that we owned it for quite some time and uh, got a lot of practice laps in there. Uh, we ran go-karts for the, a while, I think uh, seven years, uh, six years in a row, I got I won the championship in the karts. So right through uh, growing up, we were always up front, always top contenders. And then we decided to move up to uh, mod lights and get into the uh, – stock car world that was 2012 i believe uh so that was a big learning curve got me used to driving with the big boys and from there we went on to the sportsman's and now we're uh here uh, this year in the modifieds nice uh what are you uh most looking forward to this year then uh probably just I, i'm gonna say getting back into the car because all 2020 we um kind of stepped back from racing and really slowed down on what we were doing and i'm uh super excited to pick it back up and you know almost learn the ropes again because there's so much that i've uh missed out with you know everybody going short linked um on these modifieds so there's a lot it's a big it's gonna be a big uh learning curve because it's, the setups have changed drastically even just through one year of a lot of research and development Okay. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> I, uh, I like to consider myself very much a, uh, I guess you could say a dirt virgin. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I've grew up mostly around asphalt guys and whatnot. So changing over and whatnot has kind of uh, been a little bit uh, learning what you guys do and how you guys do deal with stuff on the dirt side is, is uh, uh, relatively new for me. Yeah. If that makes sense. So uh I like to bring you guys on because then I, I at least uh, each week I have one of you, one of your, uh, one of the dirt guys on. I end up finding out I learned something new each week, which is actually pretty good. Yeah, and it, there's a lot of relationship between the two. Yeah, it's gone from um, like the dirt cars have always been, you know, you want to get throw it in right sideways and power out of the corner. But in recent years, it's actually gone more towards a uh, asphalt approach where you want to keep the car like dead straight through the corner and lay down the power that way. Um, yeah. So a lot of those things like the short link, uh, you know, radius rods. And so that would be your track bars. All that is kind of derived from uh, a lot of asphalt setup. There's even J bars and everything coming in nowadays. Okay. Um, so how much traveling have you done with the modified in, in recent years? Um, so we haven't really done all that much traveling. We went down to super dirt week, but, um, there was some op opportunities to go down to Florida. Um, we were going to go down to Charlotte, but we ended up wrecking our car that year. It was a write-off. Um, we haven't, like I said, we haven't done too much traveling, but we we've done a fair amount into, um, upstate New York, uh, ran super dirt week a little while ago. Um, 
and this year, hopefully we're going to travel out more on the Canadian side, um, seeing as the borders are all closed down right now and uh, kind of venture out to Cornwall and Brockville and try our luck there. That was, I, I hear those tracks are pretty good. So that, uh, yeah, I kind of hope the, the borders end up do getting open for us here where if we would like to go racing across the, across the border there, we can, um, how much 358, uh, racing is there in Ontario in general? Um, it's, is it a big well, class, small class? Is like, Yeah, is, it's, a, it's a, in, especially in, um, like Cornwall, Brockville, uh, and throughout Montreal or sorry, um, Quebec it's it's a big class out that way it's okay. not so big around here um except Merrickville is so close to Ransomville and then there's that pool of American tracks within the uh the borders range that all run modified so yeah. we're trying to encourage those guys to come this way and race with us um but as for hum- Humberstone up until this year wasn't even a uh a modified track South Buxton wasn't a modified track. So we're hoping to extend out to those tracks. Uh, this year, Humberstone is now a part of the, um, like they're going to have the modifieds with us. Yeah. So that's all exciting news. And uh, even um, they renamed the track now. Uh, I think it's Southern Ontario Motorsports Park. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're going to have the modifieds there as well for one race. And hopefully that sticks and does well for them. And uh, we could have a, another track on board yeah that would uh hopefully like that i i don't like to see classes kind of die out i guess you could say like i know it's a big class down in the states and, and out east obviously but here in southern since especially like in our in that little bubble there there's not really that many as far as i know of so what is it what is going to take to really grow the 358s in this region to help draw the american guys to come up here more I think um, one of the biggest things is uh, that the purse, I mean, it, it's a very expensive um, class, right? Yeah. And to pay for that, these guys need a bigger purse. Um, you go downstate and there's these, you know, hundred thousand to win races. We need to encourage those series to uh, come down uh, or up North rather uh, and try out these Canadian tracks and see how it goes. So it's, they just need to kind of work with the Canadian tracks and maybe we can get some big shows, you know, Maryville, Humberstone. Um, one of these ones in, you know, the Southern Ontario pocket. Yeah. And uh, that'll, I think that'll uh, engage drivers to come down and start racing with us once they see what the track's like. Yeah, for sure. And like, I, hopefully uh, a series kind of picks up, a, I guess, a doubleheader weekend uh, especially with how close um, Merrittville and Humberstone are really in, 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 in regards to them, how close they are together. It almost seems like they could host a Saturday Sunday event and make it a really good purse uh, between the two tracks, I think. Yeah. And I think uh, in time, we're going to see something like that happen. Um, it, it's just one of those things we've got to wait around and see because the modifieds coming back to Humberstone, it's fresh. We don't know how it's going to work, you know, so we're hoping it works, and if it does, if it sticks, then maybe one of those doubleheader shows will come up uh, sometime in the uh, future. Now, are you looking at making the trip over to Southern Ontario Motor Speedway when uh, f- uh, for the for the uh, 358 class? Yes, certainly we are. Uh, we're going to go out and try our luck there. Uh, 
my biggest thing this year is just get as much seat time as I possibly can and, yeah. uh, you know, regain those skills that I, I might have lost through that off season or sharpen up on the ones I have. Okay. Um, so I kind of want to understand this. What is the difference between a sportsman mod and a 350A mod? What are really the differences between the two cars? So on a sportsman, uh, it's the only difference is the engine. Okay. A sportsman, it'll run a, a 602 crate, yep. which um, I believe the street stocks on the asphalt circuit, they run the 602 crates as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the 358s, is a, it's a 358 Chevy uh, open small block, which they're now introducing a W16 Wagner program in uh, for a cheaper crate option. So that, that's the only difference is the engine. Um, few tiny things here and there. Um, that just, you know, the parts that are on a 602 can't withstand the power that a 358 puts out. Okay. So, I'd, so I guess the, I guess the cost of the engine is what's kind of really driving people away from the 358s, I guess you could say in the region when uh, I'm not sure what the cost is for a motor or anything like that, but I know you can go get a 602 for about five grand. What do you get a, a 358 motor for? Um, it, it can really range from 15, uh, 15,000 to 30,000. There's a, it's a big range. And the other thing is, uh, the fuel that you got to use for it, the barrels are like a grand a piece and that only lasts you three races. So there's a new, um, a new thing that's coming out. It's not dirt legal just yet. Um, but it, instead of using the, d109 they're looking to use uh alcohol instead as a fuel and it's a it's 300 bucks a barrel in comparison to the thousand dollar barrel of gas yeah so that is definitely a more fuel efficient option and i'm hoping that that becomes more popular and then eventually dirt legal and we can start seeing um that being ran instead of the uh d109 fuel Okay, nice. Um, I, I know we jump, we're jumping kind of back and forth, back and forth a little bit here, but I want to talk to talk to you about more about your go kart years and how uh, um, and how well you did there before moving up into the mini mods. Yeah, you so said you were success, successful, but like how how successful were you? We uh, we ended up at the end of it all. It was seven or eight championships, six consecutive championships. That was for sure, um, but seven or eight championships just through growing up. Um, I was always up a class above what I was supposed to be in age. Okay. Um, but that was just local. When we started traveling a little bit, we, you know, we ran into a little more competition. We found success outside of our uh, just local area, but yep. it was definitely a lot more harder to come by. So it was a huge learning opportunity to go out and travel and race with these other guys. But uh, back at home, we, we saw a lot of success just at the local tracks. Yeah. And then uh, when you decided to move up into the mini mods, what uh, what kind of helped you get up into or help you persuade yourself to get up into that class? That was, um, you know, we got to the end of the, uh, the hierarchy of the carts. So you get to a point that you there's no age group anymore. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like a seniors class where everybody from I, I believe it was uh 14 up race together it was somewhere in that range 
And um, so we had reached the top of that. We thought, you know, we've, we've won all these championships. I think it's time to move up a step and go race with the, uh, you know, the more experienced guys who've been running for 20 years. So when we made that move, um, like I said, definitely huge learning curve. My first race, I actually ended up putting it in the wall and broke my thumb and it almost put me out for the season. Um, mm. Yeah, it was, I was uh, 13, 12 or 13 at the time yeah and um so like i said a big learning curve and first race in one of those cars it was pretty scary experience you know breaking a bone the first time in a minute um that's not something that you really want to uh have happen to you especially on your first night in the new car yeah yeah it definitely uh opens your eyes and it's like uh you know okay this isn't go-karts anymore yeah you know we're, we're going racing um not to say kart racing isn't racing but it's it's a you know completely different uh playing field yeah yeah i i found always go-karting was more of a different mindset and how you race someone else compared to once you got behind the wheel of uh um of any other type of uh um, in motorsports yeah yeah um so talk let's talk about that first year obviously you just said you almost broke your 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 you did or you didn't break your thumb I, I did break my thumb and i raced that season with a cast on so so i guess uh was about may or april may was when you started your season then and then you yeah. raced all summer with a cast on your on your thumb yeah. yeah so how did you end up how did you break your thumb like how exactly did you that did like how what happened to make it break well so in the go-kart uh the steering wheel it, it's a it's a half steering wheel so i used to put my thumb on top of the steering wheel. it was like a formula one steering wheel right yep i would put my thumbs on top of the steering wheel okay now in the mod light you go to this full steering wheel full circle and my thumbs couldn't go on top so they went inside and when i caught the outside guardrail it it bounced off the guardrail but it took the wheel and spun it yeah it hit my thumb and it, it just broke it right in half no hesitation oh wow and I guess after that, uh, made sure the thumb stayed on the wheel, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so that was I learned the hard way. So did you have to? Uh, did you have to change how your glove fit your hand there before going racing again, or it was it didn't uh, fit still nicely? What What we did is, uh, so I had the cast on, and that was my glove per se, and because yeah. they wouldn't let you, you couldn't, you weren't allowed to see any skin because that would be like a potential burn area. Yeah. So we we took an old racing glove and we chopped the fingers off it and I would slide the fingers on individually over top so you couldn't see any of the skin that it was a loophole. We we made it work and we ended up going racing that way, so. Okay. And how well did you do that first year after after the incident? Um it, it was definitely a hold back uh for the first bit of the year. I was anxious in the car, you know. I, I didn't want it to happen again. So I was a little more cautious. And then I, as time went on, I slowly progressed faster and faster until we were back up to full speed around midway through the season. Okay. And how well did you end up uh, in the points chase that year? Uh, that season, the, so the beginning, I, I wasn't going, you know, full out, but we were still consistent with thirds and fourths. Uh, so that year we won the points in the go-karts and uh because i was still racing the go-karts at that time as well and the mod lights i I believe i was fifth or sixth or something like that okay that's not that's not too bad of a first year yeah it's not it's not terrible um it was just 
you know, we, we had the potential to do a lot more. Yeah. Well, and obviously I guess uh, your second season was more of a, you didn't have a sophomore slump, did you? Uh, no, second season, we, we almost picked up a win. It, the second season was a lot better. Um, yeah, it was, we, I think we were fifth in points that year. So we kind of held on to where we were. Uh, we never won in the mod lights though. That was the thing with lots of seconds, but we could never manage to uh, finish and win. Yeah, that's uh it's always tough to end up actually getting out there and getting a win, but you know what? Finishing second is nothing to really uh, to be ashamed of at the end of the day. Yeah. Especially as you know, I was a 14 year old kid out there. Uh, so it was, we're racing against, you know, 20 to 40 year olds that have, you know, been in the sport for quite some time. So it was, um, we were happy with the fifth place, you know, in points, but, it's you know that drive is competitive drive that you always want to do just that little bit better right yeah absolutely um and then going from mod lights to how long did you race in the mod lights for i was in the mod lights for uh i believe it was i was three years i was in the mod lights okay then four years four years and then when you moved up to um the six oh the, the the sportsman division yeah um I believe you mentioned some. Uh, you mentioned that your grandfather had passed, and that's how you came into that equipment. Yeah, so he had a modified put together, and he was running that um, the previous year, and um, so he he unfortunately passed away uh, in the in September of 2014. It was so 2015 was my first year in a sportsman. I, I drove the 17P. Okay, and how well did you end up doing that first year? Um, we were all right. It was, you know, it definitely, it was a big step up. Yeah. Um, and the cars handle a lot more different than a mob light, but we still did all right. Uh, this was, I think we, we almost had a win. We had a bunch of seconds. Like I said, like I just, uh, seemed to gravitate towards second place, but, uh, <laughs> um, we, we did okay that year. It wasn't until a little bit later on in the, in my, sportsman years that i was uh started to become a you know a competitor to be racking with oh yeah for sure and then uh so going into your second year then uh how well did you end up that year with uh so that year we were it was about the same as the first year we didn't see that much uh improvement because we were only racing one uh one night a weekend right or sorry one night a week yeah. So I wasn't getting that seat time, that adequate seat time that I, I should have been getting. Um, and I was starting to, you know, kind of fade away from it. And we were, you know, I, I was going on vacations and everything else and that, you know, taking that time off. So that yeah. was a, that was a low part of my racing career in around those couple of years. Um, but we ended up getting back into it like, a lot after our uh 2018 season we we struggled with an engine all all year long we didn't have the uh the funds to get a new one so we tried to make it work and we almost blew it up at Oshwegan. it was uh yeah it was a bit of a mess and then so the 2019 season uh you know came out of the gate strong and we were running two nights a week it started off three nights a week and then on to two and then we followed a series 
so with that seat time, I started, you know, getting some wins under my belt. And that's where we're at today is uh, hoping that we can continue on the momentum of the 2019 season. For sure. That, that would uh, hopefully uh, uh, going into, a, especially after, after, sorry, after coming off an off season, um, pretty much as, as you had almost uh, two, uh, well over a year to, to, to work on it and whatnot, kind of going yeah. into this year, it's uh, you've kind of almost put all your, I wouldn't say all your eggs in the basket, I guess, but you kind of uh, knowing you're moving up a division, knowing that it's just going to be a little bit more different. You're, you're still coming in with a, a determination that you, you can still do this with even just a little bit more motor. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, you know, and I've always said that uh, with racing, it's like riding a bicycle. Once you do it once, you're, you you kind of know. It yeah. might take you a couple laps or a couple nights to, you know, take the training wheels back off, but you'll end up, you know, just back where you were. So we're we're just trying to get back to that point, regain that momentum of the 2019 season. For sure. Um, so obviously, you said there was a hockey injury that derailed your um 2020 season in a sense even but i guess uh was that before or after corona's really hit that was uh funny thing is that was one week before the shutdown <laughs> yeah, so like so, a year ago around this time yeah right in march um, oh wow the the uh, night that i yeah the night that i had the incident the next day they they announced the closure of all the ranks so if it happened one day before, I wouldn't have had to, you know, go through that injury. <laughs> oh man, that's uh. So I, I guess you could say that that was kind of like I guess a blessing in disguise to to let you know, like, hey, well, not really, hey, but like, guess what? <laughs> You're not racing yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, essentially. Um. So obviously, taking the year off, did you watch any of the? the uh g4 stuff while they were uh when they were live there well i um i, I was at Merrittville every week i was actually a uh, a pit steward okay so i volunteered my time at Merrittville and um you know tried tried to get back into it and you know watch these races talk to the guys and stay in the loop yeah because you don't want to I, I find even if you take off like a quarter of the year without really talking to anyone you end up kind of uh, out of the loop a little bit, not too sure what's uh, what's working and what's not anymore. Yeah, it's you, you got to stay with it if you want to, you know, be in the know. Oh, for sure. Um, I, I, the only reason I know that is because I've I've spent the last, uh, well, not last year, but the two years prior, I guess you could say, as uh, partial seasons. Yeah. Um. Actually, 2019 was really a partial season for me. I uh, went to, I think maybe one or two races, and then uh, I quit the the team that I was working with for the year, just because uh, uh, he he ended up wrecking, and I did already had a feeling I didn't want to be at the at the track that year. So <laughs> I took 2019 as a blessing year, <laughs> and then uh, of course Corona kind of derailed the uh, uh, last year for me as well. Um, yeah. I do uh, I do the media stuff for the Young Drivers Canadian Modifieds. Okay. So, yeah. So all their stuff is uh, so I luckily I got to go to the track a few times last year and but it wasn't as much as I wanted to and I I was kind of uh uh 
almost not begging, but I was really itching to get back to the track uh, more than the times that we actually got told we were allowed to. So, yeah, it's the whole, the whole coronavirus thing was, um, it really put a damper on a lot of people's time. Right. Oh, for sure. Uh, we like, even, you know, when I was racing, there, there'd be times that I just, you know, my cousin and I go across the border and, we go watch a race if we wanted to, you know? So. And of course right now we can't. Yeah. You can't even go watch a race in the States if you want to. Like I was hoping to go to Bristol for the dirt race and borders still closed. So it's not going to happen. To be fair. I'm pretty sure like, I'm, I'm sure there's loopholes to way to get around it, but like at the same time, do you really want to risk it kind of thing? Right. Yeah. And you know, it's the safety of, uh, cause I, I come back and I work on the car. I don't want to put, you know, my crew guys at risk. I don't want to put anybody at risk. Right. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, like, jumping on a plane and going down there. Is it, is it really worth it? No, especially with all the politicians lately who have been getting caught going out of the country. Yeah, exactly. After telling us like, no, stay home. Like you guys don't need to leave. Like it, it, it doesn't put a good light on it at all. Right. Yeah, exactly. It, it's just, you know, it's not, it's not, it's a lose-lose. Yeah. I, I, I'll i admit I've done some, uh, I guess you could say, interprovincial um, traveling throughout the year. Just, yeah. to, just day trips, just day trips to, to places I can get to to, in my, to, uh, to and from my house in, in a single day. So that's not uh, too bad. But, like, I went up to North Bay. I, I've traveled around, got to go to a few different places I'd never been to. So, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, that's that's good you gotta get out right like it's yeah uh you don't want to uh i i hell i went hiking last year and that was uh oh boy that was uh that was interesting i was dying going up this really really steep hill no stairs it was like a yeah edge of a cliff almost and it was fine going up the first set i'm like all right i'm gonna just pause here for a few minutes take a drink i get up halfway up this the really steep part and it's like 20 percent of the hill I start dying and I can hardly breathe. And these three girls walk right by me and they go tough hill. eh?" Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big guy. Yeah. I'm not big. I'm a big guy. And I just, I couldn't say nothing back because I was breathing so heavy. I could like, they're lucky. They said what they said when, when they said it. Yeah. <laughs> Cause if I had my breath, it was out. It was game over. I was not going to be nice, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> You know what though? I if if I didn't get a chance to actually go out and do something like that, it's I wouldn't be I wouldn't have that story to tell anyone, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's uh for a lot of people, you know, because people go down to Toronto when it's not coronavirus, right? People go down to Toronto and that's what they'll see is Toronto every year. Now people are going out and actually, you know, seeing nature and yeah, you know, taking all this in that they usually wouldn't. So it it's nice in a way at the same time I want it to end, but it's nice yeah. in a way. I, I really hope by July, August, I'm, I'm, I'm stretching a little bit. I'm sure. Or I could be in a very realistic timeline, depending on how these, uh, how they uh, roll out the vaccines. Right. Yeah. yeah Where exactly. it could be July, August before the borders open again. Yeah. And then it's almost like, what is really going to be us? What's going to hold us back from going across the country or going across the border now, right? Yeah. Um. Anyways, we're going to stop about talk about Corona here because that's uh, 
because different story. I always find you end up talking, you end up getting into some really start getting into weird, deep conversations. Yeah. <laughs> um, about it than you really you should. Um, so we're gonna jump into our fan question period here, where we ask obviously our guests uh, some questions that were dropped up to us from our fans on social media today. Uh, you sweet. ready to answer them? Yeah. All right. So the first one's kind of answered actually because you answered it to start. Uh, Mike Mitchell says, "Are you moving up to the 358 this year?" Yeah, yeah, we're going up to 358. Um, there's going to be a we're going to get the engine this week, and there's going to be a press release. Um, I was hoping to make it a bit of a surprise, but it, the word got out uh, a little bit earlier than I anticipated. So I, a lot of people know about it. A lot of people speculated it's going to happen, and uh, yeah, this is to confirm it will be going on this uh, this season. Well, lucky for you, it will, will this podcast doesn't drop till Wednesday morning. So, yeah, we should have the engine by then. So, we'll, uh, it, it may fall just in time with it, eh? Yeah, uh, it'd be perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> our second question here is from Joey Harriman's 57 on Instagram here. And he goes, The first track you plan to race in the US when the border opens up again? As soon as that border opens up, I'm going straight down to Weed Sport. I, I have tried to run that track every year and we've run into either uh, motor issues. We, we blew an engine once halfway through uh, qualifying or the, it rains out. I've not gotten to race there once and I'd love to race there this year. Yeah. I, uh, I hear that's one of the tougher tracks to run on iRacing. If you, if you run iRacing at all. Yeah, I have. It's a, uh, yeah. Going into one, I, Every time I'm in one of those hosted races or um, even the uh, official races, I know they're going to stack it up in one. So I just stick her down to the inside and hope for the best. <laughs> what makes that place so tough to drive? I'm just I'm just curious. It's, it's the it's the irregular shape. Uh, when you're going into one, it's a tight corner to get into, okay. and then all the way down the back stretch into three and four, you're you're turning the whole way. Okay, so it's a yeah. almost like a lazy D, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's okay. that's exactly what it's like. Uh, what what size track is it? I'm just curious. I, like I'm I I'm gonna have to take a look at this on uh, yeah Google Maps here in a little bit to actually understand what what uh, I think it's uh, what everyone's quarter, talking about about it. Yeah, I think it's a quarter mile. I'm not entirely sure the size of it, but yeah, yeah, it is. It is a uh, it's a treat to drive. You take Merrittville and then you like Merrittville is a D shaped track. Yep. And if you were to just kind of squish it, make this like straight away a little bit smaller in the back, a little more brown, it's essentially what it is. And going into three and four, though, it's almost like a regular track. So you got to figure out how to set it up as if you're entering a corner from a corner right? and yeah. then going on to a straightaway. You know, there's so many things you got to tackle at that track. So it's definitely a driver's track. And but it, the facility and the surface is just a beautiful facility and amazing track surface yeah i'm uh i'm still uh i i guess that i'm gonna take i'm gonna have to take a look on google maps in a little bit to see how well that uh uh to fully yeah. understand exactly what, what what you're meaning about it because like to me like it's almost sounding like uh varney speedway yeah uh it's it's very where the backstretch is straight in a sense but you're pushed out so far you might as well just be turning the entire time. Yeah. And then the front stretch is completely straight. So you have to almost set, like you said, set your car up for a way to enter both ways. 
Yeah, exactly. And it, typically, is that difficult to do, or is it just as simple um, as like an air pressure adjustment, so to speak? No, you you gotta really. It's a lot with the the trailing arms and um. You just trying to with the with the short link setup. It's uh, very drastic on uh, the rear drive. So you're essentially turning the car with the rear end yeah. by the way it picks itself up. And if you have it set up to get around, you know, three and four, nice and tight to the bottom, then one and two, you're going to be, you know, facing the infield the whole way around. So you got to figure out a happy medium between a tight corner and a, you know, long stretching corner of the back stretching two. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that that uh, that that seems like a little bit more uh, uh, I guess difficult to make sure you you're able to adjust yourself to get in the corners. Yeah, you, you got to make sure that you're driving. You know, you want to keep the car straight, and it's hard to do that when the whole track is curved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I can only imagine that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, in twenty twenty one, what is your what is when when will be your first race? Um, those planned. I believe it's uh, April April seventh. I want to say, or that might be the practice. I, I'd have to look at our schedule. We we got a schedule constructed. Yeah, but it, it'll be the uh, Spring Sizzler at Maryville Speedway. Okay, uh, and so obviously that's uh oh wow, I guess about a month away or so then. Yeah, yeah, we got about a month to uh, get everything ready. So we're we're all set pretty much. Just got to get that scaling done and put the engine in, and we'll be ready to go. Nice. How many races are you looking at to compete in 2021? I believe our schedule has got 37 races so far right now. Oh, but wow. So, between uh, how many tracks? Between That's between uh, Humberstone, Merrittville, um, Brockville, I believe, uh, Southern Ontario, and a couple tracks in uh, Montreal. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, David, I th- or sorry, Dylan. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, good. Jesus, I, I, sorry. I looked up over at uh, uh, who was in the, who's, who's in our, uh, on our Zoom call here. So I just quickly just saw David. <laughs> that's why I said it. I'm sorry about that. All uh, good. Well, Dylan, I think that's all the time we have for tonight. Uh, we want to thank you for jumping on. Uh, is there anyone you want to thank for uh, getting you, getting you where do, you, getting you to where you are? Yeah, I just want to thank um, Costco Haulage, Davidson Line Marking, uh, King Paving. They're all, you know, major sponsors of ours. Uh, Weld Star Fabrication. Um, the they're these guys are all, um, you know, they, they help out a lot. We can get through the season without them. Um, a lot of support from family. My my old man, my grandfather, um, my grandma my mom, my dad, you know, my brother, my girlfriend, just everybody who gives me all the support and, you know, helps me get where I am today. Oh, for sure. Well, Dylan, we want to thank you for jumping on with us this week. Uh, I look forward to keeping an eye out, uh, keeping an eye out on you um, throughout the 2021 season to see how well you do. Thank you for having me. You have yourself a great night now, eh? Yeah, you as well. All right. Bye now. All right. Bye. All right, guys, that was uh, Dylan Davidson. We want to thank Dylan for jumping on with us this week. It was fun getting to know him. I didn't uh, 
I learned a little bit more about him and I learned keep learning each week and that's that's the main part for me. I love learning uh about different drivers and uh what made them get into racing and 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 uh what made them uh decide to move up in the world. Um guys as always uh we do have uh Jomo Media merch, we have True North Racing merch, um apparel, sorry. Uh check the links in bio on Instagram and Facebook. Uh we uh we're they're they're awesome shirts on love and i'm wearing one of them right now um and in i have a hats now i got t-shirts hats hoodies uh long sleeves some crew neck sweaters um man guys you you guys want it, you guys got it that's pretty much what's there um it's uh i'm loving it it's awesome uh make sure to get yours today uh check out epicracewear.ca uh go up into the, uh the top right Click down, hit shop driver's apparel, and go down to general race themes. And right there will be Joma Media and the True North Racing Podcast. Make sure you click the link, get a get a t-shirt, get yourself a hoodie. With the warmer weather coming, guys, we got tank tops. Guys, we got guys and girls tank tops. Get, pick yourself up one. Uh, if you're afraid of the sun, pick yourself up a hat. And uh, support the Joma Media brand. Once again, we have a new show coming out soon, so stay tuned for that. Keep an eye out on all our social medias, at Jomo Media, uh, to stay informed as to when we're dropping that. Um, once it's out, uh, like, share, support it, guys. Um, yeah, uh, That's all we can ask. Um, hopefully, maybe next week or in a couple weeks here, we'll have uh, Michael and Caitlin on for a few minutes, and we'll have a quick conversation about the new show. And, uh, yeah. So guys, uh, I, I got nothing else for you guys this week. Um, next week, our guest will be Carson Nagy. Carson Nagy will actually join us next week and, uh, we'll talk to him about how his, how he got into racing, um, his, uh, his business limitless designs and how his iRacing stuff has been going. Um, so we got, we'll check that out and, uh, we'll have some fun with that. So guys, as always, my name is John Morrison and you guys are listening to the true North racing podcast brought to you by Joma media promotions. Guys, we will see you all next week. Stay safe.